Okay, parachute's ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 1.04% APR for 36 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Jason Lipschutz, Billboard's Senior Director of Music. Hi, Jason. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. Did you have an exciting weekend? Um, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Had some, had, I actually had some uh, Billboard colleagues over. Um, really? For Anyone I know? Joseph Lynch and oh. Lindsay Havens came. Quality people. They were doing a little road trip around the tri-state area um, and stopped by our home in, in New Jersey and had a, had a lovely time. Uh, was there music played? There was not. There was music discussed, Ooh. but not played. Oh, yeah. We'll have, we'll have to. Why can't we record that next time? It's like special guests. It's just Joe and Lindsay. The, must, the must-hear music crew. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Um, well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Okay, today on the show, we've got chart news about Juice World's huge debut at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart with his posthumous release, Legends Never Die, and how it's the biggest week for any album in 2020. Plus, we talk about his takeover on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, where he has 17 of the top 100 songs of the week. Pretty incredible, Keith. Uh, Plus, we've got my interview with Ellie Goulding. Uh, I recently caught up with the pop singer-songwriter to talk about her new album, Brightest Blue, Working with Juice World, speaking of Juice World, and uh, we even geek out over our shared love of Bjork, uh, you know, as I am wont to do. So stick as around. one does. Yeah. <laughs> so stick around for that in just a few minutes. Uh, but first, before we get started, Keith, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you never, ever, 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 ever miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, Visit billboard.com slash podcasts. That is plural. We need to start a new uh, podcast. It's called the Plural Podcast. Yeah. Just to confuse people. Just keep them on their toes. Someday. Okay, so first first up, Juice World's Legends Never Die comes storming in at number one on the Billboard 200 with the biggest week of the year for any album as the set debuts with 497,000 equivalent album units earned in the U.S. in the week ending July 16th according to Nielsen Music MRC data. Uh, the posthumously released album beats 2020's previous high for a uh, album uh, logged by the arrival of the weekends after hours when it bowed at number one with 444,000 units on the chart dated April 4th. Now, the last album to notch a larger week than Legends was actually Taylor Swift's Lover when it entered at number one on the September 7th, 2019 chart with, oh, you know, just 867,000 units. You know, just a few. In addition, Legends Never Die's first week was led by the block 
blockbuster streaming debut of the album as the album's tracks logged 422.63 million on-demand streams in the U.S. Uh, That's the largest streaming week of 2020 for any album and the fourth biggest streaming week ever for any album release. Over on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, it's Juice World's World as he holds 17 of the top 100 songs on the tally, with an amazing five in the top 10. He debuts at number two with Come and Go, a co-build track with Marshmello. Uh, DaBaby's Rockstar with Roddy Rich, uh, by the way, holds at number one. Juice World also bows at number five with Wishing Well. Uh, number seven with Conversations. Jumps 74 to 9 with Life's a Mess with Halsey and debuts at number 10 with Hate the Other Side with Marshmallow featuring Polo G and the Kid Leroy. Now, Jason, did you know that Juice World is now just the third artist following The Beatles and Drake to have five concurrent songs in the top 10 at the same time? Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about Pop Smoke and, and Juice World a lot last week, but uh, it's it's pretty unbelievable what this album has done. And yeah, especially if you just look at that five songs in the top 10, it's it's mind-blowing the, the type of response this album has received. Also says something about the power of streaming these days, too. Yeah. By the way, the record for the most concurrent top 10 songs uh, is held by Drake, who had seven songs in the top 10 at the same time on the July 14th. 2018 dated chart in the wake of the release of his Scorpion album. I cannot wait to see what he does in a couple weeks, I assume, month. I don't know. It'll (laughs) drop out of the sky when Drake's new album comes out. Yeah, he just put out a couple songs with uh, DJ Khaled last week. That's right. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll find out about that next week on the Pop Shop. A good good tease for next week's Pop Shop. Uh, But right now, not next week's Pop Shop, but this week's Pop Shop includes my interview with the one and only Ellie Goulding. Uh, I spoke to Ellie recently about her just-released album, Brightest Blue, uh, which came out on July 17th. Uh, It marks her first album in five years, unbelievably, since Delirium in 2015, talk to her about working with the acclaimed indie artist Serpent with Feet, uh, and that leads into a lively conversation about both her wedding and our shared love of Bjork, one of my favorite artists of all time. Uh, plus, we talk about Ellie's uh, collaboration with Juice World on the 2019 track Hate Me, which is included on the album. It was really fun catching up with Ellie. Uh, take a listen to my chat with her. Beautiful lies on a Friday night, to wonder Ellie, I can see and hear you now. Yay, lucky you. <laughs> uh, how are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Um, I got up this morning, did it like a, like a jog um, for like four miles, which was nice. Got got it out of my system. And then and now I'm drinking mimosas. So I'm having a good day. Yeah. That sounds like a wonderful day. Yeah, it's my kind of day. You know, balance. Balance. Exercise and mimosas. Love it. Um, well, um, first of all, it's it, it's been a minute since we caught up. It's good to see you again. It's good to hear you again, see and hear you at the same time. Um, and uh, and you have a new album coming out. Congrats on it. It's, it's really, really great. It's a really special body of work. So congrats on it. Thank you. Thanks very much. Gosh. Yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a long time coming. So it's it's, it's fairly surreal that it's finally here. 
but it feels right. It feels uh, instinctively like like there couldn't be any other time, not earlier and not later. So as much as the world is in a, a very changing time, a very changing place right now, more than ever, it, it still feels right. Absolutely. When did you start conceptualizing this this project? I mean, it's been five years since since the last album. How how far back do the roots go? I guess when I finished touring with Delirium, um, so so I guess that was 2015. Then few a few more years of touring around that, and a couple of other songs meant that it sort of kept me occupied for a long time on the road. Uh, and then yeah, and then I I. I came home and had for the very first time had days off and weeks off and it was so alien to me to have that time that I had to kind of start reflecting on everything and unraveling you know my life for the past however many years whether I wanted to or not I, I knew it was time to confront everything I'd been through and then I was like wow I'm like a woman now I'm like a you know, I'm in my thirties and I'm, I'm seeing things in a different way. I'm like trying to, I'm trying to figure out how I, why I see things now compared to then. And, and so, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of unraveling and a lot of analyzing in a good way, um, trying to understand how I've become this person and where my rationality comes from where my artistry comes from now where my lyrics my you know my music and I'm having to just like yeah I've navigated the past few years and and this this album when I when I listen to it makes me realize that it's the first album where I've really I've you know it's not like I wouldn't say it's like my kind of it's not like defining my life album. It's the album that I had to write to kind of process everything that had happened and to acknowledge who I was now. And, um, and that, you know, that, that meant going out of my comfort zone. And I would, I, I explored a lot. I explored different chord progressions, different you know, sonic sounds and different um, just, just, yeah, lot, lots of different things. But I also used the same songwriters and producers that I work with, back in the day so I, I you know I still believe in like simplicity and uh and not having a crazy amount of people around and um and I had I have this like innate you know like trust of them because they've, they've, they've known me since the very beginning so they've kind of been through all of that stuff and so that's how yeah this album came about <laughs> that's I mean it's it's great obviously it's 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 natural to have that that sort of growing up process reflected on this album. It, it it certainly is just as a listener. I'm curious because also you've you've been through a lot uh, personally over the last five years. Um, you got married last year. Um, how much did you draw upon those experiences in in when writing these songs? To be honest, um, I not not much because I've always felt like I. It's weird, even even though my my songs center so much around my relationships and around my personal life, I still feel like I've managed to separate the two, which is strange because it's almost like I I do develop this kind of this this side of me that writes very very you know in a in a very kind of personal and intimate way, but at the same time, for example, like something like my marriage is to me is like an untouchable thing. It's like when you when you marry someone, you know, it's for life and it's not something you play with and it's not 
like in my 20s when I had relationships and I wrote songs about them, it, it felt like I was still in a very naive place and I was still really trying to understand who I was. And so res- respectfully, I felt like I felt like in, in the past uh, that things were easily kind of, I don't know, what's the word, like I, I want to say like played with, but like easily like taken and used as like songwriting fodder or, or whatever. But the, but the, but something like something like marriage is just like I I feel like it's something I well certainly not right now I want to touch on because it seems like a sacred thing and um, it it either isn't like isn't providing me with writing right now because it's not something that I feel like I want to like I don't know I I, I I like went to say like trivialize in the sense that I still write you know I still write pop records in a sense but this this album is definitely more it's definitely more personal but it's all about myself it's like it's not about anyone else um it's about finding love for myself and and taking a long time to get there and you know and talking about the journey it took for me to reach that that point I think but also I did write the record like way before I met him so <laughs> it that, yeah it has nothing of him on it really Maybe the next, maybe the next one. It's totally fine. Maybe, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um. So I, I also want you. You mentioned hate me. Um, with uh, with Juice World, and and that will also appear on this album. I, I, I was just curious as to what your memories of working on that song were. Obviously, um. It's been uh, roughly six months since Juice World tragic passing, and um, I'm just curious. I'm, I, I was glad to see it make the track list. I'm curious what your memories were of making that song, though. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, what do I say? It, it's it was it was one of those things where I I heard the song and I recorded my vocal on it, and everyone was like to put like a like I guess like a more positive spin on it initially I, everyone was like you know oh you sound dope on this you sound, and, and I was like I was like oh cool dope you know I was like oh, great I sound good on this and 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 then everyone was like oh you should you should have it as a single and you know what you know who'd be perfect for this and everyone was like juice world and I was like oh he will not do he will not be on a track with me there's no way there's no way that he'll do this I know there's like a running theme with me but 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 um I, I'd heard him when I heard like lucid dreams the first time I was like who is this and I had I don't have that moment very often with with artists and I wanted to immediately know, know everything about him so I I called up I called up the Max Martin camp because I knew that they'd been working with him and I was like I gotta know I gotta know about him like what's he like like what's his you know and they're like oh you know he's he's super sweet he's like kind of shy like blah blah and and then I was like, oh, maybe he'll do a record with me. And so so somehow he said yes and loved the record. And um, I think maybe he just like, it was one of those things for him where he just had something to say and that song was perfect for it. And the one I met him on the video, he brought he brought his family with him, his his mom and his, his brother and... Uh, he had like the whole team there and they were they were really gracious and really sweet to us and 
we were just this like bumbling English team of of like idiots, just kind of like hi, you know, trying to be cool, and and they were just so lovely, and and he was great, and I, you know, I wish I'd gotten to spend more time with him. I really do. I wish we'd gotten to live that song together, and I think I, you know, I still think I still think it's a really great song, and I'm so happy that we got to do something together. I'm just I'm just sad for him, you know, because he was on the beginning of something an incredibly special journey, I think. And, and everyone was really excited for him. We were really excited for him. And then, yeah, it, it's, it's just painfully sad. Um, he had so, so much further to go. And I'm just, I, yeah, I just, I just, I just feel very sad for him and his family, uh, for his family and that we never got to like, you know, just, just live that. I mean, same with his other songs, like he's, he was exceptionally talented. So I just, yeah, it was incredibly sad. Yeah, it's even months later, it's still it's still so sad. But, you know, like I said, I'm glad that this that this song was a hit and, and it gets to live on in, in on the. I, I, just, I, I you know, I, I still I, like you said, I still I still think about it. And I still I think that you can never you can never stop thinking about someone that you've you have a song with, like you have a piece of music with. It's just you're connected forever. And. Yeah, I mean, I I hope I hope it lives on, and I, you know, I, I hope his I hope his music is is always uh, appreciated because um, yeah, he had a lot to give. Yeah. And and you know, you you worked with on. Uh, on the on the track start, you worked with Serpent with Pete, who's who's one of my favorites. I, I was just curious how you two connected. Uh, well, I watched him. I watched him sing with Bjork in New York, and I, I've seen her perform uh, quite quite a few times. And um, obviously, she's my favorite. And I saw him, and he just like made me cry. Like he just his voice makes me cry, and doesn't that cathartic thing doesn't happen very often to me his yeah his voice just took me into a whole other realm and I messaged him thinking like I was like how do I start this conversation I was like really nervous because to me he was just like a otherworldly being you know that couldn't talk to like a mere mortal like me and um and I said I just love you I think I just said like I just love you um um you know please can we work together and I don't usually do that I'm, I'm too shy I'm too like shy to ask people that but but to, to my astonishment, he he replied and said that he he loved my voice and that he was he was up for it. And then I also said, and also, is there any way that you can sing at my wedding? And um, and t- again, to my surprise, he said, well, it just so happens that I'm in London then, so I could come up to Yorkshire. And he sang, and I was so together for my whole wedding day. I was so stoic, and I was like, I, I can do this. It's easy. Yeah, I do this. I just do this for shows. Anyway, I'm like, oh, fine. And, and, you know, so I, I wasn't nervous until I got to the church and then that was a nerve wracking bit. And then when I got back to the venue, which is like, it was called Castle Howard, he sang and I just like completely lost all control. I lost all control and I was just sobbing. It was like the moment. It was the moment I was like, this is this. It was the one thing that made it real because I, I realized that. I realized that my great, like my greatest passion, which is like hearing a voice that will change me and like that I'll, I'll never forget, it, it, you know, at, at my wedding, it just like, it made it all just, I don't know. Yeah. 
That's incredible. I had no idea. What, what did he sing? He sang, he sang a few songs. Um, I, I asked if he could sing the song with, with Bjork, Blessing Me. I think that was the one that made me break down because he just has his... I, th- I don't know whether she sang it originally and then he added to it or vice versa, but, oh, my God, it was it was incredible. Um, he's even better live than anything on record that you've heard. It's like, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty special. It's, it's pretty like astonishingly special. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I've seen him live and yeah, he's incredible. So yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Um, also, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask Bjork, Bjork is my favorite artist. Uh, you have a favorite Bjork album. You know what? I, I have to by default say the greatest hits because um, I don't know how or why, but I think maybe I was bought it as a Christmas present from HMV or somewhere one year. I don't know if you guys have HMV in America, mm-hmm. but yeah, we, it was it was the days of HMV, and I think that I came home one day when I was fifteen and I saw her performing at the Albert Hall on TV. And I was like a bit drunk. I was like fifteen, and I took like a bottle of a Smirnoff vodka to like I think we were camping in a field somewhere. So I grew up in the middle of nowhere in the countryside, and I came back and I was like. I was like, who is this? I, I'd, I'd only ever heard it's all so quiet you know, on the radio. And that that's all I'd heard. And like, uh, yeah, I, I never really thought that much of it other than there was, oh, it's just this like this uh, unusual singer that's got this radio song. And then when I heard her actual, what she actually did, it was like, it was, just, yeah, it was mind blowing. It was a real pivotal moment. It was like the moment I was like, oh, well, my voice is kind of weird. Like maybe I can be a singer. And it really, you know, it really was that like, it sounds like I'm making it up. That really was that moment. I was like, maybe my voice isn't so weird after all, because I just never really had thought to listen to like, I was never really brought up on like alternative female singers. So I didn't know who Joni Mitchell was. I didn't know who Kate Bush was. I didn't know who, you know, like, I mean, even Stevie Nicks, I didn't listen to Fleetwood Mac when I was a kid. Um, I was brought up on like techno and electronic music. So these 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 singers that you know like Imogen Heap right had that had these like voices, it suddenly made me feel like I had some kind of validation and that even though people said to me like oh I think I think you should stick to playing guitar, you know something Bjork was one of the artists that made me feel like I I had a place and that I I could I could still be a singer. Wow, I had no idea. That's a, that's an incredible story. I did not know that. Uh, Ellie, uh, thank you again, as always. Um, the next time uh, you and I chat, it will be about Bjork for multiple hours. It'll be great. Yes, I love that. Thank you again uh, to Ellie and uh, can't wait to get together soon with her, hopefully in person to just like talk about Bjork and listen to our favorite Bjork songs. Have a mimosa. Yeah. Enjoy a cocktail or two. (laughs) I think uh, uh, Ellie uh, was drinking a mimosa at the beginning of this interview. And I kind of wanted to see like, how long can we keep her on the line? See how many more drinks she can have. (laughs) Let's see what kind of loose lips. I know. I was, I was very jealous. I love a good mimosa. I was like, how many? How, how late in the day was it for her? Uh, was she in London when you did? Yeah, this so interview? she was five hours ahead of me. I think it was probably around five o'clock her time. It was five o'clock somewhere. See, all right. It wasn't like she was having like a breakfast, you know, bottle of booze or something. Exactly. But, you know, n- nothing wrong with that. Um. All right. Now it's time for the chart stat of the week. And I'm here to remind you. 25 years ago this week, 
God, 25. Alanis Morissette got her first number one song on a Billboard chart. As you ought to know, topped the Alternative Songs Airplay chart. The track climbed 2 to 1 on the chart dated July 22nd, 1995, and spent five straight weeks atop the list. It was her first of three number ones on the list from her breakthrough album, Jagged Little Pill, which itself would spend 12 weeks at number one on the Billboard 200 chart. Jagged Little Pill would go on to win the Grammy Award for Album of the Year, as well as Best Rock Album, while You Oughta Know garnered a pair of Grammy Awards, including Best Rock Song. Jagged would also finish 1996 as the year-end number one album on the Billboard 200 chart. Since Jagged, Morissette has released five further studio albums, and she's about to drop her new effort, Such Pretty Forks in the Road, on July 31st. It marks her first studio album since 2012's Havoc and Bright Lights. So there you have it. This week in 1995, Alanis Morissette got her first number one single on a Billboard chart with You Oughta Know. It's not Hey, you know what label Jagged Little Pill was released on? I don't. I actually don't. It was released on Maverick Records. Oh, okay. Here we go. Madonna's former record yep, label. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But also, do you know um, what famous rock artists play on You Oughta Know alongside Alanis Morissette? I don't know that either. You're stumping me here. Flea and Dave Navarro. Uh, Flea played bass and uh, Navarro played guitar. Uh, so yeah, it's, it was just a star-studded affair, that You Oughta Know track. And there you go. Okay, well, now we've reached the end of our show. Sorry. Oh, good. Um, any parting words, Jason? Uh, you want to go out on a favorite Bjork track? Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's do um, let's do Hyper Ballad. Love, love some Hyper Ballad. Uh, we'll go out on that, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. I go through I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.